What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JYarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. Today we are going to be discussing uh, the... You know, well, I mean, I guess the announcement was made quite a while ago, but there was the press conference introducing the Buccaneers' next inductee of the Ring of Honor, and that is, of course, beloved former coach Tony Dungy. David, I know you've been swamped and probably didn't have a chance to check out all of the press conference, probably just caught bits and pieces here and there throughout social media. But there were a couple of things that really stood out to me that I wanted to to kind of discuss as the Buccaneers are are heading to Nashville before they do their joint practices with the Tennessee Titans and prepare for the game on Saturday. We will have um, fellow Bucks Nation member Evan Winter on the podcast Thursday or Friday, recording Thursday. He will be on the show Friday. Um, he will be at those joint practices. He will be at the game. So really excited to talk to him about some of that insight. But for today, like to discuss a little bit about Tony Dungy. And of course, without Tony Dungy, there is no Super Bowl. I'm I'm not on the side of John Gruden one with Tony Dungy's team, but Tony Dungy laid the foundation and built part of the house, you know, that John Gruden then inherited and finished. But Tony Dungy, by far the best coach in Buccaneers history and I know people argue well John Gruden won a Super Bowl yeah but outside of that Super Bowl season he was a sub 500 coach for the Buccaneers Tony Dungy had one sub 500 season in his career as a head coach and that was his first year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they finished the season winning five of their last seven to move on to six and ten after that he was finishing seasons with winning records. They were getting in the postseason, you know, regularly, you know, they made it to the 99 NFC championship and it seemed like the Philadelphia Eagles were just Dungy's kryptonite. He just couldn't get over that hump against the Eagles, which is why they brought Gruden in. But someone asked Tony Dungy about how he kind of handled being fired by the team. And, you know, anybody's going to be upset when they get fired, especially when, you know, they have had success, just not, quite to the levels that they had originally hoped. And Dungy was very Dungy about it, to be honest. He said that it was a business decision, not a life decision. He loved his time in Tampa. He loved being part of the community. When he was fired, they kept their house in Tampa because they knew they were going to go back there one day and that's where they were going to, you know, spend their lives as, as a family. And, you know, he, he was disappointed that he was let go. He was disappointed that he didn't finish what they had started. He was disappointed that they didn't reach every goal that they had set for themselves. But, you know, Dungy's not the kind of guy that's going to harbor any ill feelings towards anyone anyway. But, you know, he was able to move on to Indianapolis and win a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning there and, and become a Hall of Fame coach. But one of the other things that he said was, Yes, this was the team that fired me, but they were also the team that hired me, that Malcolm and Joel and Brian and Rich McKay, you know, they gave him his chance to be a head coach in this league when 31 other teams didn't. So even though it didn't end the way he wanted it to, 
he was still thankful and happy to have had that opportunity given to him by the Glazer family to become a head coach. You know, it, there's 32 of these jobs, period. And he had one of them thanks to the Buccaneers. So, you know, I mean, does that surprise you at all that, that Dungy of all people would approach it that way? I mean, we hear that John Gruden had said, you know, in his, in his Raiders press conference that he knew he would never coach the Buccaneers ever again. As soon as he was fired, you know, he's still bitter about it, even though he's in the ring of honor and he's been around the facility and he's been supportive, but you know, with Dungy, there's, there's no, hard feelings at all. I mean, that, that to me is just the most Tony Dungy thing ever. Yeah. I mean, uh, a great Herm Edwards once said, you play to win the game. And at the end of the day, coach Gruden didn't win enough games. Um, Tony Dungy, if he were to come out being salty or bitter about being fired by the Buccaneers, even all these years later, uh, would at least have some sort of a platform to be salty about, um, but that's just not Tony Dungy's style. It never has been. I mean, he might be like the single most resilient person on the face of the planet. And I've kind of always held the belief that if you hate Tony Dungy, you just have hate in your heart and like nobody's ever going to be good enough in your eyes type of thing. Because I don't know how you look at Tony Dungy and just, just not like him, you know, um, or, or hear him speak or, or, you know, uh, hear the way he deals with people or, or deals with issues. I mean, uh, even if you disagree with something he says uh, from a personal or professional standpoint, you still have to appreciate the kind of thought and genuine, uh, you know, belief that the, the man puts behind all of his words. So uh, I was extremely happy to see him win a Super Bowl, even though it was with the Colts, just because there's there's just certain people, you know, uh, in, in the NFL world uh, and just in the world in general that you just you want to see successful. And he was one of those guys that. You know, he just he needed to win the Super Bowl uh, before he stopped walking the sidelines. So, despite the fact that it wasn't with the Bucks, um, I was still very happy to see that. Of course, you know, very excited to see him go in the Ring of Honor. Like you said, I echo the same sentiment. Best coach in Buccaneers history, hands down. It's not even an argument. Um, we had this conversation last year about why Gruden went into the Ring of Honor before Dungy. Uh, don't think we need, really need to rehash all that. But – I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if you're if you're drafting an all-time Buccaneers team, Tony Dungy's the head coach. So, uh, super excited and, and uh, very, very I, – I greatly enjoy Like you said, I haven't been able to see every bit of footage that's out there, but what I have seen, I mean, it's just – it's classic Dungy. And, uh, I mean, it kind of, you know, uh, brings all those, those good feelings of success back uh, around the franchise. So, you know, I don't know. How can you not love it? Yeah, and and of course, Dungy was one of the things that that was pointed out during this press conference was that Tony Dungy was an undrafted player who made the Steelers as a defensive player. You know, part of that steel curtain defense. You know, one of the historically great defensive runs by any franchise in in the modern era. You know, in the Super Bowl era. And he was able to make the team as an undrafted player and then turn around and lead the team in interceptions in his second year. Just showed the kind of work ethic that that Dungy had and you know what kind of person he was. You know, we we've seen his his work in the community. We've seen him on, you know, football night in America. We we know Dungy is exactly the person that you think he is. Um and 
to be able to induct Dungey during a primetime game on ESPN against you know the team that he played for it, it, it's an incredible thing and you know for all of our listeners you can be in the stands right there to experience all of it on September 24th Monday night Raymond James Stadium Buccaneers Steelers thanks to our friends over at Vivid Seats this season don't sit around watching the Buccaneers from home when you can be at Raymond James Stadium, especially on that Monday night game to see Tony Dungy inducted into that ring of honor. You know, you could be in the crowd cheering him on, listening to his speech. Vivid Seats is offering Locked On Bucks listeners 10% off your first ticket order when you use our exclusive promo code Locked On. That's all one word. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. It's for new customers only, and the offer is good through the end of August. So if you want to get to that game, you're we're what forty days away from it. You know, get on there and order now because this promo code is only good through the end of August. <clears throat> Preseason and regular season tickets are available now, and the Buccaneers kick off their home schedule on September sixteenth against the defending Super Bowl champion. Philadelphia Eagles, you can be there for all the excitement. Go to vividseats.com or download the app and enter promo code locked on for 10% off your first order. The offseason is over, the NFL is back, and Vivid Seats wants to help you get to the game. Big shout out to Vivid Seats. We thank them for being part of the podcast. David, one of the other things that stuck out to me. Um, during this press conference was you do have this guy who is a first time NFL head coach. And there's, I've actually been getting into a debate with a Bengals fan over the past couple of days over the differences between retread head coaches and first time NFL head coaches. And it's gotten to the point we've been debating. I, I had put up something on, on social media about how Marvin Lewis has been the head coach of the Bengals since Shaq and Kobe were teammates and he still hasn't won yeah, a playoff right. game. Yeah, so there's I this Bengals. You were debating with a Bengals fan. Yeah, I've been debating with a Bengals fan over the differences between retread coaches and first-time head coaches because he's defending Do the Bengals have fans. Right. Yeah, and and talking talking to them is like banging your head against a brick wall because you just don't get anything through. It's been fantastic. Um, but you know we. You talk about Tony Dungy being a coordinator in in the Minnesota uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. You know he was. It's well known that he wanted the Vikings to draft both Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks. They both go to the Buccaneers. The next year, he ends up getting the opportunity to coach for the Buccaneers. And as I said to this fan, um, you know every great coach in NFL history at some point was a first time head coach, and. You know, Tony Dungy got that opportunity with the Bucs. But when you have a first-time head coach or anytime you have any head coach, even if it is a retread, they want their own guys in the building. They want to build their own staff. They want to bring in guys that they trust. And something that Dungy pointed out, which I thought was really interesting, I wasn't aware of, of this little tidbit. Of course, I remember a lot of the people that were on the staff. But he said that he was reaching out to people that he trusted to help him search out for coaches within the college ranks. And he wanted guys that can not only coach, but that could teach. And so he said the first time that he ever met 
Mike Tomlin or Lovey Smith or Rod Marinelli was when he interviewed them to be a part of his staff in Tampa Bay. And I would go so far as to say, at least on the defensive side of the ball, when you had Dungy, you had Monty Kiffin, Mike Tomlin, you know, say what you will about Lovey Smith. When he was on this staff, he was a phenomenal coach. You had Herm Edwards, who had a relationship with Dungy prior to. You had Rod Marinette. You, you had these guys. This is the greatest coaching staff you will ever see in Tampa is, is Dungy's, again, at least on the defensive side, because, of course, the offense couldn't figure it out for a long time under Dungy. But defensively, this was the best staff that this franchise will ever see. Um and I just found it, it it was so intriguing to me that Dungy could reach out to these guys, never talked to them before, never met them before, and just kind of on a whim based off of people that he talked to thought, this is the kind of person that is going to coach like me, who's going to think like me, who's going to want to not only coach, but to teach and mold young men you know, all kind of in the same way. And that was something that he said, you know, he goes, we're all kind of on the same wavelength. It just seemed to, it just all seemed to fit. And of course, Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he'll be there during that induction. He's won a Super Bowl as a head coach. Lovey Smith has been to a Super Bowl as a head coach and lost to Dungy. Rod Marinelli didn't do so great as a head coach in Detroit, but he's still one of the best defensive minds in the game working in Dallas. You had Herm Edwards, who was a, you know, he was a solid head coach. I won't say he was great, but he was a solid head coach for the Jets. Didn't do so great in Kansas City, but you have all these guys, you know, this, this Tony Dungy coaching tree that has spread out and it all started with this Tampa Bay team, you know, I mean, do you, what, what do you kind of think of, of how he approached that, you know, just reaching out to guys that he had never interacted with, never coached with, didn't have any prior history with. We see now in Tampa, you got, you know, dirt cutters hired as the head coach. He, you know, he brings in his best friend, Mike Smith to be the defense coordinator. And, you know, it's all these guys have worked together at these other places. And we see it all stretching out on today's staff. Whereas Dungy went in with a clean slate. He didn't care if he had coached with you before, worked with you before, played with you before, you know, had lunch with you randomly at some place. He wanted to find the guys that wanted to do things the same way he did. And I just found this to be really interesting, especially in the, in the way that we see today's coaching staffs built. Well, first, I find it very interesting that you left out that Herm Edwards is now the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils. So we're just going to um, throw that out there. Because, honestly, I didn't remember. Oh, how, how dare you. Carmen and I are both offended. I'm offended for her, and I will make sure that I tweet at her and let her know that she's offended as well. Um, I didn't realize Arizona State really even had a football team outside of, oh, you know. Geez. They had Pat Tillman. But... <laughs> Other than that, I couldn't oh. name I, I couldn't name anybody who has ever played for Arizona State. Yeah, well, and Lovey Smith, Smith's coaching for Illinois. Yeah, go ahead and throw that out there. <laughs> Poor salt balloons. You're, you're literally getting angry about a comment you made. I yeah, didn't I know, but I know you were thinking it. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, it, I think it just kind of shows you what you can do if you get a group of people moving in the same direction, you know, and, and that's, that's what leaders do is, is, you know, get, get the message out there, get the, get, you know, the direction of the team going and get a bunch of guys who 
not only understand it and can execute it, but believe in it and, and buy into it. And I think, uh, you know, trying to tie all of this back into our current Buccaneers, you know, talking about last year, that's, you know, hopefully what we're, we're going to see is, you know, a bunch of players who kind of believe in what they're doing, even when it's not going their way necessarily the entire time. And you talk about that turnaround that Coach Dungy had at the end of his first season, and that's really kind of indicative of what he was able to do there. Is You know, it might have taken a little bit of time, but it shows you at the end of that season that everybody throughout the process was buying in. They were believing in what they were doing. And because of it, because they all truly uh, gave their effort into it, they were able to start getting things turned around. You saw the greatness that came out of it. Now, uh, the thing that I, I applaud in that situation is, you know, his his uh, willingness to kind of, you know, buck the system, I suppose. I mean, I don't think anybody's ever going to call Tony Dungy a rebel. But like you said, I mean, the, the way he went about assembling that staff really isn't the quote-unquote traditional way people people do things. You know, you, like you said, you usually see a guy goes and gets a head coaching job and he brings a whole lot of guys that he's worked, for, or worked with before uh, to his new job with him. Well, that wasn't the case here. And, and I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know all the coaching staffs in history. I know there are some really great coaching trees out there. But, I mean, that coaching staff alone, I'd be willing to put them up, you know, uh, maybe maybe one of these days we can go through there and do like a coaching staff bracket, you know, like a March Madness type deal. I don't know. I mean, I'd be willing to put that up there. I think it's, you know, I think it'd at least make the final four if we were to do something like that. So, again, just, just kind of the, uh, you know, uh, the, the willingness to go against the stream a little bit uh, to, to jumpstart a franchise is just one, you know, one of the reasons why he's such a, a great part of this franchise. All right. Well, David, that's going to do it for, for my thoughts on, uh, on the press conference that was held Tuesday. You have anything else to top off the, the Dunchy discussion before we inevitably talk about it again, following the uh, September 24th game against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, just that I wish I could be there to see it in person, but you know. Well, go to vividseats.com. Use promo code locked on to get ten percent off your ticket. I would do that purchase. if I was going to be in Tampa that week, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, that's not how it works. So. Yeah, I hear you. I'd love to be there too, but you know, still have this you know other stuff to take care of, like you know my job and taking care of children and adulting. It's no fun. Adulting. Yep. Ugh. Adulting is the worst. Well, coming up tomorrow, I am very, very excited for the guests that we will be having. We're going to step away a little, you know, in a way from the Buccaneers discussion. And we are going to dive in to a fantasy football discussion. Granted, we are going to talk about Buccaneers fantasy, you know, where you should draft them, how you should approach them. Because at the end of the day, you know, the people that are listening to this podcast are all Buccaneer fans. And so as, as David, as you and I have said before, you tend to reach or you tend to overvalue, whether it's in fantasy or in actual football, you tend to overvalue players on your own team. Um, so we're going to go right to one of the best fantasy football analysts out there. Uh, friend of the show, you know, he was on our, our podcast last year, and that is the fantasy football hitman, Mike Wright of the Fantasy Footballers podcast. He's going to come on and talk Buccaneers fantasy impact with us, top to bottom, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defense. We're not breaking it up into multiple shows. We're going to do a Buccaneers fantasy focus with Mike Wright of the Fantasy Footballers. But until then, make sure that you're checking out everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure that you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, 
and at DH82 underscore Bucks. If any of you have any Buccaneer-related fantasy football questions, send them in. Tweet them to us. Email them to the Locked On Bucks podcast at gmail.com, and we will do our best to get those questions addressed when we have Mike on for our fantasy focus. Thank you all so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.